listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Right now, to find out what's going on with the Jets, we bring in Rich Samini from ESPN.com. Also, you I know you folks have been checking out the flight deck. He's got a draft preview with general manager Joe Douglas. He always got the latest news on the flight deck. Rich Samini, Larry Hardesty, and Gordon Damer. How are you, my friend? And good, Larry. Happy draft eve. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. All right, Samini. Offensive line, wide receiver. What sayeth you? Well, I, I I've been consistent all along. I, I think there's probably a, a pretty. I'm leaning towards offensive line there. Uh, it depends which of those four tackles is left. Uh, there's some talk today that Miami might uh, pull a surprise. Everyone's been projecting Miami to take a quarterback. But uh, there's some rumors and speculation that they could take a tackle. And if they do, then the Jets might be out of, out of luck with those four tackles, in which case they would pivot and take a wide receiver. So it's really kind of up in the air. Right? It just depends how the first 10 picks fall. Rich, Gordon Damer, uh, is it safe to say at least it won't be a defensive player? Can we at least say that much? Yeah, I don't think it'll be defense this time, <laughs> unless they trade down and do something. Uh, right. You know, that corner from Florida is pretty good, C.J. Henderson. Uh, I think they really want to address the offense, though. And, uh, you know, my, my sense is that they'll probably stay at 11. I think they're open to moving down, from what I understand. You know, I, Atlanta's trying to come up. You know, they're at 16, so maybe the Jets drop a few spots. But I think if I had to bet, they'd probably stay right there and uh, take the best available tackle or – if there's none left, you know, maybe draft a wide receiver there. So if if that happens, Rich, uh, obviously everybody's talking about Judy. Which wide receiver do you like? Well, personally, uh, I like Henry Ruggs from Alabama. That's just my personal choice uh, just based on talking to a half a dozen personnel people around the league and just forming a consensus and based on what I know about the player. I like Ruggs. I think the Jets would probably take CeeDee Lamb of Oklahoma there. That's that's the latest buzz that I've been hearing. been hearing that for a few days, that CeeDee Lamb would be their guy. It's really, Larry and Gordon, it's really like uh, the same as the offensive tackle situation. There's no set ranking. I think a lot of teams have the three top receivers all ranked differently, and you'll be – hard-pressed to find teams, many teams that have all the offensive tackles ranked the same. I mean, everyone has a different flavor of ice cream. And in this case, I think it's the same with those two positions in particular. Rich, I know Joe Douglas has talked about not just drafting, you know, uh, the, the best player, but it's the right kind of player. Leadership is important. Work ethic. What impact do you think Becton's positive drug test would have on the Jets scouting report? Is that something that they would kind of, you know, be a big deal for them, or is that something you think that uh, maybe is not such a, 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 a you know a, a big thing that they would uh, cross them off the list? Uh, no, that's a great question. We asked Joe Douglas that on Monday when he spoke to the beat writers, and uh, you know he made a good point. You know, under the new CBA, the uh, the rules are, are a lot looser than they used to be. So, you know, with the flag test by Beckton. He goes into stage one for 60 days, and if he stays clean, he comes out. So it's it's a lot less uh, 
punitive than it was under the old drug testing system, under the old CDA. So it's not a big deal anymore. It raises questions, certainly about his decision making, yeah. because every every player knows when they go to the combine, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to get tested. So what does that say about his decision making? But my sense is that it's not going to eliminate him from consideration on their draft board. I know the Jets have done a lot of homework on this player. And um, in fact, Joe Douglas said they'd be digging into his background and other players' backgrounds right up until the start of the draft. And so I don't think it's going to drop him off their draft board. Now, if it comes down to a a decision between him and another player who who are exactly the same grade on their draft board, that could be a tiebreaker. But I still think Becton is in consideration for the Jets. Rich, based on last season, do we get an idea of who's really running this draft? Is it Joe Douglas? Is it Adam Gase? Is it uh, is it a combination of the two? And I'm just curious because of the power play that Gase pulled. Is 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 he really running this draft, or is it really Joe Douglas? Joe Douglas is definitely running the draft. Um, you know, it, this is his production. I mean, this is. He's been working on this since last August when he started meeting with the scouts to, uh, you know, install his grading system, which has been a, uh, you know, a pretty complicated process over the last few months. And so he is definitely in charge of it uh, now. Of course, he's going to solicit input from Adam Gase. Adam can be pretty opinionated, you know, behind the scenes, and I'm sure he's trying to put in his two cents but ultimately, it'll be Joe Douglas's call. I know what you're saying about that, Larry, but I think I think Joe is his own man. You know, just from talking to people in the building, he uh, he's running the show. And I think Adam. The difference between this year and last year is Adam didn't trust Mike McCagden to run the draft. I think in this case, he does really trust Joe Douglas. He basically picked him for the job. So, um, so I, I do think there is that trust factor that didn't exist a year ago. Rich, the name Trent Williams is one that has been, you know, talked about a lot. It seems like something with him and getting moved before the draft or at the draft seems like a good possibility. And for whatever reason, it seems like the Jets have been one name that's been rumored to be, you know, maybe interested in him or that might be a possible target team. Do you get any sense leading up to the draft that the Jets are, are looking in that way as a possible way to fill a hole at left tackle? Uh, not at all. Got you know, okay. speaking to people today, that that is not a uh, that is not on the radar for the Jets right now. You know, I think, you know, they they made a call or two just to check into it. You know, it kind of gained some momentum that you know the Jets were in this thing. They were never in this thing. They're not going to go in that direction. I mean, they have they spent nine million dollars a year on George Fant, and you can say what you want about him, whether how good he is or not. He's certainly not Trent Williams. But Trent Williams probably wants twice that much. Right. So, uh, no. And will cost you the draft pick. And will cost you the draft pick. I mean, there were reports today. uh, I think Josina Anderson said that maybe um, they were looking for a second-round pick. I think a lot of speculation about Cleveland being involved with them. Frankly, I'm surprised the deal hasn't happened yet. That's a tough one to do because, you know, you have to get the player a physical Mm-hmm. And as we all know, with the restrictions we're under right now, that's a really difficult thing to do. Unless you're Rob Gronkowski, I guess, or Tom Brady, they <laughs> seem to be the guys who get their physicals done when no one else can. But um, no, that is not. It is Florida. Yet. Yeah, it is true. I think Rob got his in uh, Boston or something. So I guess oh, okay. Tampa Bay must have had an independent doctor up there that they trusted. But uh, no, it, no Trent Williams for the Jets. Okay. 
So, Rich, I'm very curious now. We've been you've been around Joe Douglas for a year. This is, as Gordon mentioned during the week, this is a really, really, really important draft for him. Obviously, it's his first one. He wants to make an impact. He wants to make a real difference in the short time. That was the quote from him. Uh, they've got eight picks. Rich, can we get an idea just from talking with him and from where he's been, you know, in Philadelphia, his influence by Ozzie Newsom in, in Baltimore as to what style he'll have? Is he a guy that as you get in the later rounds, is he picking for depth? Is he picking for value? Is he picking for need? Where, where does he go after round one? I think he's always picking for value. I mean, I, I spoke to Ozzie a few weeks ago trying to pick his brain on Joe Douglas and and uh, it's value. I mean, it, you know, it, it's just that's his, his his philosophy. Now, if two players are rated the same, he's going to go with the need. But I, I don't think he's going to reach on his draft board and, and start trying to plug need. That's where you really get into trouble. You know, that that goes for any team, not just the Jets. You don't want to start reaching for need because then you get a roster filled with mediocre players, uh, which is maybe what the Jets have been doing in recent <laughs> years because they haven't certainly the formula they've been using hasn't hasn't been working. But um, no, he'll and he'll be aggressive. You know, Ozzy and, and and of course the Eagles have always been known as very aggressive. Dr- trading teams on draft day. The Eagles uh, went and researched it. The last three drafts, the Eagles made 10 trades during the draft. Um, I don't, you know, I think it'll be impacted this year because of their drafting remotely. And so I think that will have an impact on the number of trades. But I think Joe's going to be really aggressive. I think he sees the sweet spot of his draft in like the second, third round, maybe even early into the fourth. So he might try to acquire some picks into that area of the draft because I think he's going to trust that he can come up with some picks in the middle rounds, which is a foreign concept for the Jets. I, I, re, I Elias researched this the other day, and I saw it, and I, I tweeted it out, that uh, since 2007, uh, the Jets, I think, have had 69 draft picks outside of the first round, and not one of them made the Pro Bowl. And you, you can't survive like that. I mean, the first rounders, you're going to hit every once in a while. But, you know, outside the first round, that's where you build your team. That's where you get your depth and you find guys in the fourth round. And the Jets haven't really found any gems in the later rounds. And I think, I think that's what Joe is hoping to do. Yeah, considering that they've, at least for the last few years, been drafting high up in rounds a lot of the times, uh, that's even more surprising. Yeah, uh, very Rich, I know that uh, Adam Schefter kind of, discussed this a little bit uh, maybe last week maybe the beginning of this week uh, about uh, Jamal Adams his name was was talked about at, at the trade deadline obviously and it's a, a name to monitor again during draft week do you see any possibility of the Jets pulling a blockbuster off or, or pulling a real shocker out when it comes to Jamal Adams I, I, I'd be really surprised at this point I mean I don't want to say never say never because we're still uh, about 22 hours, 23 hours, or 21 hours before the start of the draft. So there is the possibility of something happening, but I'd be surprised. It was really quiet today on the Jamal front. I think the Cowboys, you know, who were the team that were they were hot for Jamal in the fall at the trading deadline, Jerry Jones came out and kind of really threw a wet blanket on that. He said, you know, it's highly unlikely that they, they would trade for a veteran player. Um, and Jamal Adams came right on, on the radio station, uh, not Jamal, uh, Joe Douglas was uh, yesterday gave a, with Barton Hahn and gave a really uh, strong, strong statement about uh, Jamal and wanting to keep him and building around him. 
Um, so, you know, maybe it could change with a phone call. It Absolutely. would take a tremendous deal, but I mm-hmm. think the Jets are going to keep them and, and try to work something out. Uh, you know, Rich, I'm not comparing him, but, you know, you, you've been through these. This is kind of Revis-like. <laughs> You know, yeah, in, in a way, yeah. it's kind of Revis. Like, you know, you, you, he's it's early. You want to reward him, Rich, because he's one of your own. And he's been an impact guy, let's face it, the past two years. He's played well. Last year, he was the leading sack guy. He's like an edge rusher for them with his, his yeah. ability to, to sack the quarterback. But, you know, it's that price tag, Rich. It's, it's that age-old situation here. And it's, you know, it's do you sign him? Do, do you, especially when you don't have to because he's got two more years. You don't have to really sign him this year. Exactly. They don't have to, and they don't have to do anything. And uh, I think the Jets are going to totally slow play this, you know, because there is no sense of urgency, and uh, they have, uh, you know, they have other things on their mind right now. They want to get through this draft. Now, Joe Douglas did say they want to connect with Jamal and his people after the draft, but that doesn't mean they're going to do a deal right after the draft. I think the Jets are going to take their sweet time, and uh, I think since 2011. Of all the first-round picks, I think uh, it's the number is something really low, like maybe 15 out of 191 first-round picks got deals after their third year. And I think out of those 15, only four are defensive players. So it is highly unusual. Even Aaron Donald had to wait four years. So it is highly unusual for a, uh, a player, a first-rounder, to get a new deal after his third season. Now, that said... We had one last week that happened with Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, and he was drafted right with Jamal, two spots after Jamal. So Carolina made a statement. They took care of their player that they want to be the face of their franchise, and I think Jamal is saying to himself, hey, what about me? You know, I'm that kind of player too, and I, and I agree. He's the best player on the team. But, so that's why this is, even if he doesn't get drafted, this, this soap opera is not going to end. I mean, this is going to linger for a while. Rich, you, obviously Rich, the two needs are at offensive tackle and wide receiver, and that's going to be the focus for the first round. Is corner, uh, running back, what's the third position you think as this draft goes along a little further that maybe the Jets target? Yeah, I mean, those are big ones. I think edge rusher is a big one, too. They're always looking for that. Uh, corner, I would say, is, is a huge need. I think they'll probably pick two receivers. They need to, they could basically use two of everything. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the situation they're in. I could see them going for a running back in the mid rounds mm-hmm. because right now their, their depth is, is, is really thin. <clears throat> and we know that uh, Le'Veon is probably going to only stick around for another year. So, uh, yeah, I could see them totally going for a running back at some point. Corners, a big, big need. Uh, they're always looking for corners. So, yeah, I mean, they could go in a lot of different directions. I think the biggest need on paper is probably wide receiver because I don't even think they have three starting caliber wide receivers right now to go play a game. So I would say that is their biggest need, followed very closely by offensive tackle. But as we talked about earlier, at 11, they're going to go value. If Jedrick Wills is rated slightly higher than uh, C.D. Lamb on their draft board, they're going to go Jedrick Wills, even though maybe receiver's a bigger need. Uh, it all depends how those first 10 picks fall. It's going to be fun, Rich. We'll be watching you on uh, .com and reading you on the flight deck. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Enjoy the draft. Thanks for having me. 
You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.